summoned you here for a purpose. Transformyourgame.net Welcome one, welcome all. This is part two of episode three for the Transform Your Game podcast. I, as always, am your host and moderator, Richard. I'm joined by my three beautiful and magnanimous co-hosts, Kent, Kai, and Joel. Say hi, guys. What's up? Oh, my God. Hey. <laughs> right, moving right along from that, uh, we're back with the remainder of the Wave 5 spoilers as of Tuesday, March the 3rd. Uh, we've got stratagems, I guess really only one, and battle cards galore, though, uh, that we can talk about. Before we get to those, however, don't forget that the 7th Annual Hunter Burton Memorial Open will be taking place uh, in Texas. I believe it's up in the Dallas area at the end of March. Uh, the 28th will be the date of the actual Transformers tournament. Um, because they're expanding their menu of games this year. They're supporting us and a couple others. Uh, if you have any interest in supporting a great cause and raising suicide awareness and you also want to engage in tournament-level play for the game that we so love, you can do so then. Uh, the tournament starts at 1, as long as the schedule isn't going to change between now and then, but make sure you leave ample time just in case. Now, fellas, as we give our wonderful listeners time to pull up their handy-dandy spoilers from Computron's lab or the like... What is your favorite character, stratagem, or battle card that we've uh, had spoiled so far? These are a few of my favorite um, for me, it's definitely Windsweeper. Um, in preliminary testing with this character, I don't think I built it right. I think I leaned uh, really heavy into blue and possibly not enough attack damage or burst damage, but... Um, it's going to be a long mountain to climb to make that character really shine probably the way they want him to, uh, but definitely strong and fun. Uh, for me, even though I haven't played with him yet, it'd still be Skull Smasher. Just, I just love the thematic of always having Pierce against Autobots and uh, being able to do damage to enemies that are lower than him. Boo, Autobots. <laughs> Go, Autobots bad scum. <laughs> Go, bad guys. Go, bad guys. I think for me, it's going to have to be uh, Orbital Strike. I know that that might seem strange <laughs> with me being an aggro kind of player, but it, it actually sort of plays into that because you're wanting to play a, a bunch of ways to flip cards, and, and I, I love dealing massive amounts of damage just – taking somebody out really, really fast. Well, Orbital Strike deals infinite damage to whoever <laughs> whoever he's, uh, whoever uh, Autobot Cosmos is swinging at, and and that that card may, took, I, I think, takes Cosmos from absolutely unplayable to something that you really have to consider. I will say this. Uh, I did play a match for fun the other day with a proxy of Cosmos deck using Orbital Strike um, and Belligerence and some other Wave Cry 5 cards. Um, and I was able to, because of the stratagem, swing and KO a combined Sky Shadow. And nice. it felt awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh, you're giant dude? <laughs> Got him. Yep, there you go. I, speaking of Sky Shadow, that's actually my favorite card character that's been spoiled. Um, I know I'm kind of cheating because I'm picking two character cards and a stratagem and a head, <laughs> but like kind of like the 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 
combined nature of it, like once it all comes into Sky Shadow Elite Warrior and he's all assembled, that's my favorite card. Uh, I just think it's so unique and it's really awesome that it pulls in mechanics from a lot of different, uh, from several different kind of sets, like they, when they were introduced. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I think he's really, he's the most interesting and, and highest power level dude. Uh, it's one of like the non-traditional combiners that we've seen so far, in my opinion. Um, well, now that we've discussed that, I think that's a good segue as any to move on to the cards themselves. Kent, uh, why don't you kick us off with the one remaining stratagem we'll be discussing? Well, this is I've got better things to do than die. Um, actually, I think they toned it down a little bit to better things to do than die. Uh, obviously, this is a nod to the 1986 Transformers animated movie. Um, which I'm a huge fan of. I got better things to do tonight than die. Yeah, and that's a very famous line that Springer says, and if you ever watch the special features, they do interviews with the actors and actresses that uh, voice the characters. And um, I can't remember the name of the actor that actually voiced Springer off the top of my head, but he said like he still has people like come up to him just randomly and say that line just to get his attention um <laughs> onto the stratagem oh this is maybe not my favorite <laughs> like springer needed more help than this um it says when your springer aerial defense is on the battlefield and you flip him to another mode repair one damage from him um yeah, I, I honestly wish instead it said that he doesn't need the appropriate upgrade to give him Bold 2, Tough 2, or uh, Pierce. I think that would have been much stronger because kind of shackling him to that, especially the uh, the Pierce mode, like he has to have a utility to use the Pierce in bot mode. It's just that makes that card really, really tough to play. Um, whereas otherwise, he might be pretty decent. But with all the upgrade hate that we have in this game, your opponent can make sure that you never get that bonus uh, that you want with Springer. Um, and the repair one, it's just it's just not what he needed. Um, so I actually kind of like this card because it actually gives Springer a defined role now. He, he can He's basically, with this card, mm. it makes him a tank because even with, like, say, Bashing Shield or Extra Padding, he has Tough 2 from that and on top of whatever defense his armor is giving him. So if you just have that, even just for a turn, and then you repair when you heal from him, I think it just makes him a really tanky, tanky unit. But I think this is one of those cases where it had to be like 1.5 repair mm. for it to like really matter, but they can't do that obviously. And they can't do it to two because that'd be insane because of how often you can transform in a turn where that you can make yourself transform in a turn. So I think one is fine, but he wasn't, it, it's, it goes along with the line of him, of them making the stratagem as like something, not a straight upgrade, but like as a side grade type of deal. And I think the, the, the stratagem gives him a role, which I like about that. Yeah, as far as his star cost was in the first place, he was overcosted for his stats anyway, and now you're making him cost one more star. 
that's a big part of the reason that he never saw any play. That and, like Kent said, it's really easy to turn off all of his abilities. So he's he's almost a vanilla character, and now you're adding another star to heal one damage. There, there's got to be better things that you can do with your flips. Uh, if your entire deck is just based on doing nothing but flipping Springer, and we're talking about Wave 2 Springer, mm-hmm. then uh, I, good luck. Yeah, I, I do think it's important to, to make note that we're talking about Wave 2 Springer, the super rare, the unplayable super rare, not the Wave 4 Springer, who is the massively playable common. <clears throat> um. I agree. I think so. I think the problem is that uh, Autobot Springer, um, in his original incarnation, was one to two stars overcosted anyway, right? For his stats, um, and I think that the the strategy they gave him is it's certainly useful. And I agree with Kai that it definitely gives him a defined role. I actually played in a match in one of our weeklies uh, recently where someone brought a Springer deck that was very was uh, the only character who flipped was Springer, and they were able to have that card, it's Kinetic or Conversion Engine, but Conversion Engine on him, so they were able to use him as kind of a damage sponge. But the problem was, when I was ever if I was ever able to do large chunks of damage at any one time, he just couldn't keep up with it, and he didn't have the damage output because Springer lacks offensive stats, uh, as well as a real health total for his star cost. So I think this, like Camion Toughness, was a miss as a stratagem for the Wave 2 Super Rares. I think that it doesn't fully address one of the problems that, that occurred with, with Springer himself, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, given that we've gotten Camion Toughness for Windblade and we've gotten better things to do to the die for Springer. Uh, if we, I think it'd be interesting and, and very possible for us to get one for Blitzwing as well. Which you know, fingers crossed. They that maybe that one's good. Who knows? Hopefully, I really like Blitzwing, and I, I have to say that during uh, Wave Two, Kai put together like this ingenious Blitzwing deck. Um, it's just Blitzwing. His stats were just a little low for mm. his cost to really push the deck into like tournament competitive. But it was, I mean, I thought it was a work of genius the way he put it together. That's high praise. Okay. Well, um, I don't think we have much more to say on that, so why don't we move on to the battle cards? All right, so uh, Speed Trap. Ludicrous Speed! Go! Speed Trap is a white-green secret action and a reveal when your opponent plays an action and it's the second action they played this turn. When revealed, scrap that action, and it has no effect. Your opponent cannot play actions this turn. So, no combo. Yay. Mm. <laughs> I I think this card is a sideboard card. Um, I think that it's useful against all forms of combo. So, I, And the fact that it's a white pip I think is huge, right? I think one of the things that held Hijack back as a piece of combo hate was the fact that its predominant pip color was black. So, which was oftentimes off-color for whatever deck was trying to play the combo hate. The fact that Speed Trap is white means it's kind of always on color, right? Like, there's not really anything that doesn't want to play a white pip in it. And the fact that it's green so you can actually pick it up when it's relevant is really great because it means you don't have to actually play, like, full numbers of it if you want to see the effect. Um, I, I will say this. 
I don't know how effective it is because I feel like your opponent can probably just play around it. It might end up just buying you a turn because they know you have it. You know? Uh, they might just play an equipment enthusiast and attack you or something, and that'll be what they do for turn. If you do ever manage to catch somebody with it, that seems awesome. And I do think it's really interesting that you could play them in like successive turns, right? So you could play one, and then if they didn't do anything, um, or they didn't really actually try to go off, and then the next turn you played another combo hate secret action, whether it's hijack or speed trap, then I think at a certain point you've bought yourself so much time that you might just be able to win off of the like tempo earned. You know what I mean? Um, I still don't know that it's anywhere near as good as just playing Gears in his stratagem, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at Speed Trap and I go, no! <laughs> um, yeah. And that one turn that they may buy by playing this card is likely enough to like disrupt the, the combo deck's tempo enough so that they can't pop off. And between Gears and Speed Trap, it makes me wonder why they're printing so many safety valves. Um, because the, the combo deck, as it stands right now, is not Tier 1. And it makes me wonder if there are going to be more cards revealed this set that enable a new combo deck. Um, I would love to see a Decepticon-based combo deck, because... So thus far, they've all been Autobot-based. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. You're forgetting about um, Oa Shockwave. Yeah, that's not really a, hey, I just won the game, though. Like, <laughs> and, and that's not Tier 1 either. Um, no, it's cute. Not. It's a cute deck. It's, a, it's fun, uh, but it's not a degenerate thing that, man, you better be ready for that. You better have some cyborg hate for that deck or you just you just can't win the tournament you know kind of thing so we'll see i i'm hoping that there's a new combo deck revealed through either this set or the next one that makes one of us <laughs> and like it, it's funny because you know multi-mission gear was banned also and this one is specifically targeting uh multiple actions which Obviously, Springer, uh, Wave 4 Springer, is the first thing that pops into mind because that's the only way to get extra actions right now. But are they printing something else that allows you to get an additional action besides, you know, flipping Wave 2 Bumblebee um, or Wave 1 Mirage? There's also Brainstorm and Confidence. Sure, sure. Like, those, those are cards that do see play, but they're in specifically the combo deck. I don't think this has enough broad applications to be a main deck card, but I think it's pretty easy to throw one in your sideboard and go, ah, I'm good. Yeah, because um, when I was at, uh, when we were, when the uh, Pro Play Tour in Dallas happened, that was when combo was, like, at its highest uh, scare. So um, if you look at the at the list that I ran, I only ran one hijack in the, main, in the sideboard. And the idea behind that was... So as soon as I pick it up, you have to respect every single secret action I do. And I think this is probably the card you should probably be doing that for. And more hijacks, mm. like two or three hijacks and one speed trap. And then just have the speed trap be like, oh, you have to respect it. -E 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 and if you 
if you don't respect it, then you get blown out. So I, I think that might be this in, the intention of having that, of speed trap in the uh, game. Because I also think that they, they want combo to be in the game. They've said that for sure. So I think they're just doing all these safety valves for safe, just to like, so players have some way to keep it in check should some something come out of uh, the woodworks. Interesting. You're such a madman, Kai. <laughs> I'm, I am crazy. That side is <laughs> <are> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we let's move on to the next uh, safety valve, which I believe it's uh, Joel's turn. Okay. Um, so the next card is Reflect Damage. It's a green pip secret action. Reveal if exactly one of your characters would take non-attack damage from an opponent's card. And when revealed, instead do that much non-attack damage to an enemy. This is a really interesting card uh, because there's so much direct damage running around. I think the only drawback to it is that it says exactly one of your characters. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't stop things like armed hovercraft or other multi-character dealing damage cards. Photon bomb, for example. Right, but the, I, mean, I mean, I guess photon bomb sees sees some play, uh, but not really. But it might. But, Who knows? It's a photon bomb's a decent cyborg card. Um, I really think erratic energy grenade is a card that will see more play when people figure out how to make a black pip focus stack. I don't. Well, erratic energy grenade is a card you can't. Reflect reflect damage though. Right, exactly. Uh, but okay. we're just talking about broad, you know, sweeping damage that hits everybody. I think the card that this really nerfs is um, overwhelming advantage. Oh yeah, huge safety out for them. Fifteen saying no, I don't take fifteen. Your guy takes fifteen is really nuts. Yeah, um, that is and, nuts. And the the overwhelming advantage deck is very much like. Um, the way I've, I've kind of like described it being played is like a roller coaster, right? So the whole the whole game kind of feels like you're going up and up and up and up and up, and they hit a point and they do a thing, right? It's it's not quite like the daring escape deck where they ju it just feels like um, they're they're just playing solitaire in front of you. Like the the overwhelming advantage deck very much builds to a turn, it does a thing, and then it's done. So I think if you're able to do things like uh, play the mind games that Kai is talking about where you pick up the secret actions so they have to respect every single one you play, I think you can buy yourself a serious amount of time and, and maybe enough that you can play other disruptive pieces, right? Maybe you draw a bashing shield uh, to blow up whatever armor they have on their guy that they want to use overwhelming advantage on, right? Like it's, I, th I think this card is going to be really good at that. I, I wish that it had a white pip on it, I think it might be good enough to main deck in that instance because there's like sturdy javelins running around. Uh, there are marksman ships from older formats, though I don't know how relevant that'll be going forward. I do think one shall stand, one shall fall might make a comeback, and this card is very good against that. It just turns it into I take no damage, your guys take six damage. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think I'm more excited about this one generally than I am about Speed Trap personally. Yeah, I think uh, direct damage has gone un largely unchecked for probably a little too long now to where the, the power level discrepancies between range and melee and specialist is probably a little too much to where every time we're reviewing a character, he's like, oh, it's not range. Well, okay. <laughs> so I think this is a step in the right direction that 
I know a lot of people aren't going to like, but it's it's, an, it's it feels necessary. I actually think we're we're one step past that. We're at the point where like when we see a card and a character and it's specialist, we're like, oh great, that can wear an armor against all the ranged guys. Sure, sure. Right, like it's it's past the point. Where we're like, oh, he's ranged, he's playable. We're at the point where we're like, oh, he's specialist, he can rock paper scissors out the ranged. <laughs> the next card that we're going to be talking about is actually Escape Capsule. Um, this is cool because it's one of the cards we've. It's one of the cards like we're seeing that is actually uh, additional support for the heads and bodies that are present in Titan Masters. Um, so it's an orange-black pip upgrade. It's a utility. gives you plus one attack. And when you deploy the upgraded character's head, you put this, meaning the escape capsule, and any other upgrades that were on the upgraded character onto the deployed character. So if you had, you know, some kind of big weapon or like an Energon Axe uh, or if you had a bashing shield or anything like that, um, those would go back on – those would go onto the deployed character instead of being scrapped which means you can kind of preserve some of uh, what you've built over the course of the game. And the fact that the card has a pretty good pips on it is pretty solid. I wouldn't be surprised to see this um, see play over some of the literally unplayable cards in the orange-black pierce deck, um, right? Like they could cut like the opportune repairs, which literally do no things in their deck, for this, which does give plus one attack. Yeah, obviously better there that uh, the orange-black you know, Pierce Madness deck definitely has a lot of dead cards that are just there for the pips, you know, since you have all that innate bold built into your characters. Escape Capsule, this is uh, it, almost any deck that is running a Titan Master wants three copies of this in their deck. You want to be able to put this in the utility slot of the body mode so that everything just transfers over and makes that little titan master something respectable and hey maybe it can go in and finish the job and not just be this like oh well they gotta waste an attack on this little dude also something to think about is how this works with fortress maximus so you can put it on fortress maximus now is it non-attack uh, when you finally kill Fort Max, all of his upgrades go to Cerebros. Kill Cerebros, they all go into your Titan Master. So mm. it just like keeps following all the upgrades, follow all the way down the chain. Um, it's a definitely three of in that deck. Yeah, and I do think it is a three of in the uh, the orange black decks that meet that I was uh, touting in part one. I think this card's got a pretty sick picture. Honestly, Look, looks pretty sweet with the head popping off there like that. Um, but, but uh, yeah, seriously though, this card does have a lot of a lot of use in an aggressive deck. I don't know if you'd really want to play it in a defensive deck. You know, as a as a three of. I don't know if you want that in your blue deck. Uh, at least if your deck's ba like really really based around blue, because then you then you're basically running a blank and the plus one attack in the utility slot. Using your upgrade for the turn on that, you could probably get a, a, a better use out of that. So, it's good in an aggro deck. It's not. It's not good in in a defensive deck. So, I mean, the, the pips really tell the story here. I agree. Speaking of the pips, one thing to even add further to the Fort Max point you made earlier, Kent, 
it is orange black, so it is in and of itself. It, it flipping it will satisfy the condition for the body mode of Fortress Maximus. Um, on top of the fact that it has utility when played, so I mean, just really solid. I think it's a pretty solid card. I think it won't see too widespread of play, but I do think it'll definitely see some. Cool. I I just look at the picture and the the title of the card, and I think uh, the space balls escape capsule scene where they're all having to <laughs> eject from Mega Maid. My gosh, it's not just a spaceship, it's a transformer. Metamorphosis completed, sir. Spaceball One has now become Mega Maid. <laughs> um, are you sure we're not getting a copyright stricken for that <laughs> cool so next uh, card is fusion borer um this is a black pip uncommon weapon it gives three pierce and three static attack um to your character and when the upgrade character attacks scrap this card after the battle um, I think this is really powerful, and I want to go back to Sound Blaster. I believe how the ruling works uh, is the same way that uh, Crowbar worked um, on Sound Blaster, which is if you attack with Sound Blaster, you pick up Crowbar or Fusion Borer, Crystal of Power, mm -hmm. and you attack, it stays on him after the attack. I'm not exactly sure why it works that way. Maybe Kai can help us out with that because he's really good with the rulings on everything. But that is how Crowbar worked, I believe. And that makes this very, very, very powerful, um, especially if you're looking at Sound Blaster and Nova Storm. You know, now she's piercing for six and attacking for eight when you move it over to her with Sound Blaster's ability. I mean... Wow, um, it's it's quite good. Uh, so I believe the reason why it works is because of the way uh, the trigger for attack works. So if something attacks, as soon as it attacks, it checks that. That's when it checks the trigger for uh, this for scrapping after battle. Which is why, because you're using a sound blaster to recur the fusion bore from grave or from a scrap pile, uh, I believe that's why it works like that. I'm not 100% sure, but that's the argument I've been seeing. But uh, just on the card itself, I'm actually more excited for uh, to play in Trigger Happy decks because one of the amazing things about Trigger Happy and is uh, his static pierce and the fact that he keeps getting weapons. So uh, Opportune Offensive and The Bigger They Are really strong cards, but you can't recur them back outside of uh, Battlefield Legend. But you can recur them back with... Uh, trigger happy so every other turn you're getting an opportune offensive i think that's pretty solid not to mention you can stack off opportune offensive and or bigger they are onto this card and just shoot for the ceiling real quick so i'm, I'm a big fan of this card yeah as as much as i was a wet blanket for grab inhibitor on the last episode <laughs> i i'm gonna be that much of a fan of fusion board this card is fantastic I wish it had an orange pip to go along with the black pip, but I guess that would be <laughs> of just... Of course you do. That would, I, that would be insane. <laughs> I guess that would just be too good. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's you know, uh, black grenade launcher, basically. And, and grenade launcher has been uh, a mainstay in every deck that's based on orange 
So in that same way, any deck that's based on, on black, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be running this card. Yeah, I'm actually... I think this is the card from Wave 5 I have put in the most decks, which kind of surprised me um, as I've been going through, right? So, like, interestingly enough, I don't think the power level of this card is anything, like, flashy. I think it's just really solid. It just does a bunch of things that are really good. I mean, Pierce Pips are really powerful right now because the defenses and the just number of blue pips has been very high as of late, um, leading up until the most recent thing where, like, you know, the orange and black decks are everywhere. Um, plus three, we- like, attack on a weapon is kind of right at, like, you're right on uh, playable just with that alone, right? I mean, it's already, pa- it's basically already power punch, Um kind of like as a baseline, and then you get on top of that, you get like Pierce 3, so it's better than Energon Axe for the turn where you attack with it, which is kind of insane. <laughs> um, and, and, like, I've been playing it in a couple of like uh, blue decks, actually, just to have additional piercing weapons to be able to like increase my uh, clock in some of them. And I've been really impressed. I think this card is going to be everywhere. Like, I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, also the art is super cool. That's actually Ironhide uh, holding the fusion bore, and I imagine he's, like, cutting into the side of, like, Triptychon or Scorponok or something like that. So the next card that we have is uh, Staggering Might. It's an upgrade utility white pip. Uh, while the upgraded character has 16 stars or more, it has bold one and tough one, and it gives plus one attack. One thing to know is you don't actually have to play this on a... You, it doesn't have a restriction on who you can play it on. So a cute thing that you can do is put it on a combiner piece and then just give them the plus one attack, and then when they combine, then they get the bold one and tough one. So that that's pretty neat. Like Alpha Bravo? Yes, yeah. It, this is very relevant for um, aerial bots because they, they've been always looking for that plus one attack for uh, Alpha Bravo, and this gives them the tough one on uh, Superion when he combines, so... It's very solid in that deck, but any any character that benefits from that is 16 stars or higher, I think, wants this card. Yeah, it definitely goes in any deck like that. Like, uh, I mean, it's sort of screaming Metroplex to me, um, and obviously Sky Shadow would want it. It's it would make it would make Sky Shadow bold three tough three, which, yeah, I know, Man, that is, <laughs> that's a lot. So, uh, and the the. A white pip card can go in can go in anything, and you're getting the plus one out of utility. I mean, it's just it's got a lot going for it. Yeah, I mean, it also goes in Fort Max, right? Like, kind of stacking the bold one, the the bold tough combo that you already get from having the Cerebro's head. So he'll be bold two, tough two, just with this and base nine attack. You're almost guaranteed to trigger the body mode ability at that, and then you're just gonna on top of dealing two damage to everybody on their team, you're just going to basically wipe somebody. Um, I mean, I think this card is pretty solid. I'm. Um, it's a bummer that we don't really have, besides Fort Max, any of the Titan Masters that are capable of kind of enabling this, but it can go in Jetfire from Wave 4. Um, I don't know if any of you guys knew this or not, but I like that character. <laughs> Do you we leave, that, we leave that to you, Mr. Jetfire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> OG Mr. Jetfire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I'm not sure it goes in there. I think it has, has merit at least as a one of 
Um, but Jetfire actually got some pretty good spoilers this week. We have a couple more that we're going to cover that I think also uh, might make their way into those lists. But yeah, that's all I got for this one. Cool. Well, I was thinking the uh, the promo Omega Supreme. Uh, he's 19 stars, and no, I, I'm really not thinking about that character at all. Uh, <laughs> you guys pretty much covered it all um, with Staggering Might. It's a fantastic card. It's going to see a lot of play and a lot of decks that you know support big boys. All right, so um, it's my honor to go on to this next card for you guys. Um, this next card is a secret action called Intrusion Countermeasure Software. It's a black pip, green pip. Um, you, you reveal it, and if an opponent's cards would cause you to scrap one or more cards from your hand during their turn, uh, you reveal. Um, instead, you draw two cards. So it's going to be really hard to know when your opponent is going to make you discard cards. And even so... You're paying a card to try to stop them from making you discard a card, um, and then you get to draw two cards if you guessed right. <laughs> um, I think that this card is terrible, and I think that probably nobody else has anything else to say about that. Did I did I pretty much cover it? No, I've got one thing. Oh, okay. So I before the cast, and there's no way that anyone listening would would have known this otherwise. Before the cast. Joel got very sassy to several people in this in this podcast, <laughs> and as his punishment, we made him do <laughs> talk about this card. Um, it's a rare. It's got not the greatest pips. It's a really situational card that doesn't give you that much in exchange for really kind of guessing out of the blue that something was correct. It, this is this is unplayable. This card will get better in time, as there are more <laughs> cards that, you know, make your opponent discard cards. Um, this is actually, if that ever becomes a mainstream type of strategy with more cards, such as espionage and then flip abilities, such as Chrome Dome, if that becomes like a mainstay, then this is a pretty good card. It's basically like, hey, if they're going to make you discard something, you basically say, I counterspell that and draw two cards. So it doesn't actually stop Chrome Dome, by Correct. the way. He yeah. puts oh, it doesn't actually stop Chrome Dome. My bad, my bad. But it does stop Major Shockwave from making you discard. I, I think you're better off just playing Pocket Processor. They're, they're, <laughs> they're scrapping cards from your hand for the long-term game. And pocket <laughs> Processor is better long-term, so... Yeah, definitely. I will say, though, rip wave one, Shockwave. You only, <laughs> you only live for one wave, but I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, this does have the longest card name of any card in the game. It, it has that. It takes down that prize. It's literally two lines of text. <laughs> well, congratulations, guys. Y'all had a lot more to say about it than I thought. So, yeah, proved you wrong, didn't we, Joel? That's right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to something that's a little bit more playable. Um, I'm going to talk about Master Sword. So, Master Sword was actually uh, part of a pair of cards that were previewed by Junalasco, but this one is a blue pip upgrade weapon that gives you plus. Four attack. I, I did not stutter. I did not read that incorrectly. It says plus four. 
But the caveat is you can only play it to replace a weapon on a character that has no empty weapon slots currently. If an opponent's card would cause Master Sword to be scrapped from your character, in, in its place you can scrap a weapon from your hand. This card is nuts. Uh, I mean, plus four is the highest weapon bonus, like attack bonus we've seen on a weapon. It's currently on Grenade Launcher, which scraps itself after one use. This would just stay there, but it does have to you know, be placed over something that's already in play. Um, and then on top of that, you can kind of build your own spare parts by picking up uh, green pip weapons or drawing other weapons naturally into your hand. I mean, this thing is nuts. Tell me I'm not crazy, guys. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I could really see it being used with Jetfire also. Like, say you play an armed hovercraft on him, you know, then you drop down a Master Sword when it's time to swing again. And, oh, your Sabotage Armament? Well, I'm going to discard a Handheld Blaster. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I wish it didn't have the... You can only replace a weapon on a character that has no empty weapon slots. Just as a fun deck, I still love blue <laughs> Predacons, you know, so like that that would be so amazing on Predaking, but you already have such a difficult time filling up all five of his weapon slots that you probably wouldn't be able to use this. I knew you were going to bring up Predaking. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I saw this guy, he's like, God damn, he's going to talk about Predicate. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you could just put it on the combiner piece. But I don't I don't know if you want to run that risk. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love this card. This is this is a card that takes advantage of card advantage, which is something I've expressed that uh, I've been wanting in this game for card advantage to matter. So, plus four attack, That's that gives you six weapons to discard for six gun for plus four. That's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And then when six gun dies, you can just replace the Pierce three or the Pierce four weapon with Master Sword. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Try that out. Well, that all sounds really good. Uh, the card is really strong. Obviously, um, it's really hard to get rid of because they can't make you scrap it, but they can use disarm and you just pick it up. Mm. So then you pay yeah. two weapons and they made you pick it up. So there, there is that. If that that's really maybe the card's only real weakness, other, other than it's it's almost like you're, other than in you know the best circumstances like when you're using an armed hovercraft or something like that, you don't want that equipped to your guy. It's not really having an impact in your weapon slot, so you put master sword over. But it's still taking you two turns of upgrade plays just to get one upgrade on a guy. So uh, you can actually circumvent that in one specific way which is that you can play multi-tool onto a specialist and then play Master Sword over the multi-tool? Yes, but then you have to play multi-tool. <laughs> yeah, but hear me out. It's not the worst upgrade in the world. Um, it does give you plus one attack. I don't know. I'm just saying it's something. This card kind of... Ooh, pardon me. So, Kent, you were talking about how you hated the... Er, not hated, but you wish it didn't have the no empty weapon slots um, yeah. tag on it. it that kind of screams to me that they were playing it like internally and somebody used dual wield with that card a few too many times. Yeah. Uh, they just were like, oh, and I'm going to 
uh, put this onto my Octone, and he has a Master Sword and uh, whatever my my other weapon is. Attack you for 53 or whatever it is. I, I'm kind of happy that it doesn't work with that card that way. I do think this card is just absolutely insane, though. And I uh, I see myself playing quite a bit of it, in all honesty. The six-gun deck sounds particularly interesting from what Kyra's talking about. Six-gun also pairs very nice with Jetfire, just saying. I mean, it's not as good as Thrust, man. Agree. That's okay. what. That's why you and I play Thrust. <laughs> okay. Why don't we move on to the uh, paired card? Cool. Well, the paired card is actually just the exact opposite uh, of it. So they kind of run in symmetry to one another, and that is Ghost Shield. It's an orange pip instead of a blue pip and gives plus three armor. Um, play this only to replace an armor on a character that has no empty armor slots. If an opponent's card would cause this to be scrapped from a character, you may scrap an armor from your hand instead. Plus three armor is very, very, very significant. Will it see play or not? Uh, one thing to know is you can cheat this into play with uh, Wave 1 Jetfire and uh, Hunker Down. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very true. I bet uh, I bet Demolisher would love to see this on him as well. Kind of a, a, an additional functional copy or or several of composite armor to give you big swings. I think this I think this card is actually really 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 cool um, for an aggro deck. Uh, aggro decks are really really always using force field or bashing you know, shield. Bashing shield, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to replace uh, force field as in you put it on top of the force field to so that you can get it in play. Uh, but they're u- often using those to to negate huge swings from their opponent because they're not doing anything else to defend. Having plus three armor is uh, is going to stop a lot, especially when you're talking about uh, playing against a, a blue defensive deck that unless they're getting Pierce isn't isn't really swinging for a whole lot. The only the only con to it is that you have to have other armors in your deck that you're going to play. So, other than I guess Force Field and Bashing Shield, there aren't really other ones that you're wanting to play. So, I know one. Okay, Improvised Shield. You could play the Improvised Shield. You're absolutely right. You know I I, I forget about that card actually having anything besides a blank text box and two orange pips. Drop the shields. Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> like a true aggro player. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. That, that card is an armor. It's an it's a improvised, improvised shield. So, so, yeah, you could play that the turn before, but it still has the same drawback that I was talking about with, with Master Sword that you're, you're spending two turns uh, Ding up one of your guys when that's probably not what you want to be doing if you're playing an aggro deck. And while three defense is really good, you're, it's sort of a trade-off if you wanted to play this in a defensive deck with blue pips. Every time you flip it over, you're, you're losing out on defending already. So it's a risk-reward thing in that case. I, I could see this in something like a Jetfire deck, right? So, like, I could see this alongside Jetfire in, let's say that there are matchups where you want to play something like W5 Gyro Blaster in your deck. But you still you don't want to give up your ability to defend against some larger numbers if your opponent plays like a plus four weapon or something like that. 
having Ghost Shield as something you can find easily because of your ability to kind of treasure hunt through your deck, and then also be able to discard extra paddings that you've picked up over the course of the game from your hand to make sure that it can't be scrapped by your by opposing bashing shields or root processes or anything like that is I mean that's that sounds really attractive to me. No, that sounds really good. If uh, if someone reprocesses this, would you still gain the life? Even though it's not being scrapped? I do not know. I do I absolutely don't know. I'm not sure if it's an if you do clause or not. I think both happen simultaneously because it's why you can uh, reprocess an energy pack off Optimus and he would still be alive. Yeah, I think both happen. Okay, well, uh, I think that uh, that covers all the spoilers we've got from this week. I'm sure we'll get you know another huge truckload of them for the next one. While we still don't really have any questions from the viewers for this episode, uh, if you listening are finding this on our YouTube channel, make sure you like and subscribe, but also leave any questions you have for us or you'd like us to address uh, in the coming episodes. Uh, in the future, you can also listen to the Transform Your Game podcast on SoundCloud under the same name as the site and YouTube channel. If, uh, if you find that's easier for you, it's transformyourgame.net. I believe we recently also uh, submitted for uh, being able to be on, on Apple Podcasts or iTunes Podcast. Uh, so hopefully that will come through soon and will also be available to you there. Um, we're working on the other platforms, so hopefully you can have a little bit of patience there with us. Um, but that ought to do it for Episode 3. Thank you to everyone out there listening. Thank you to my co-hosts. And if you out there find the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. Make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to comment any questions you have for us. And until next time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose.